You are listening to Embrace Your Center with me, Julie Blackburn. I am a licensed clinical professional counselor here in Illinois, a registered art therapist, and owner of Chartreuse Center. Embrace Your Center focuses on connecting with your authentic self as you experience life-changing events through fertility struggles, perinatal issues, or grieving the loss of a loved one. Get comfortable, take a breath, this time is for you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Embrace Your Center. Today, I am talking about grief. This is a huge topic, and I wanted to just simply talk about the basics. I have provided grief therapy since 2009, and I am always, I mean always, learning from my clients. I thought there are some things that I can share that might just help you with your current situation. Sometimes when we have the basic understanding of what we're experiencing, it becomes a little bit more bearable. Learning and knowing about grief doesn't make that loss go away or make the pain go away. It simply gives meaning to your current situation. You can then move from trying to explain your experience and try to make sense of it to discovering methods to attend to yourself, really then using your resources to help you because you can identify the root of the issue you're facing. I'm not going to bore you with multiple theories. I'm only going to focus on one in order to provide a framework for the grief experience. I really like William Warden's tasks of mourning or tasks of grief. It's simple to understand, whereas there's only four tasks, and it really makes sense. The tasks of grief were created with bereavement as the focus. These tasks, though, can be applied to life situations, to all sorts of losses in addition to bereavement. You'll really be able to see yourself in a specific task once you understand it. So here are Warden's tasks of grief. The first task is recognizing the loss has occurred. Sometimes we live in a haze or disbelief that life has changed. This may be only momentarily, or this may take quite some time, even to the point of a delayed grief response. Either way, this task occurs. Think of a time when you said to yourself, this isn't happening, or I'm dreaming, or better yet, you make up lies or tell yourself stories about how things are still the same. You want it to not be real, and unfortunately, the loss has occurred. Some folks reference that inability to recognize the loss as denial or, advo- or avoidance. Sometimes those defense mechanisms are at work, and sometimes we are just processing the loss in the bits and pieces that we can. In the case of secondary losses, which is losses that occur after a primary or initial loss, you may not know the magnitude of how your life is impacted until you reach certain times of the year or milestones in your life. Secondary losses, secondary losses can take time, and that is really a topic for a whole other podcast. So we will, we will definitely uh, visit that in another episode. The second task is to experience the pain of the grief. This task gives you permission to feel and to acknowledge the intense emotions that are inside you. That emotional pain is real and it is exhausting. 
These emotions can be as powerful as a tornado and, and disorient and, and overwhelm a person. Other times, the experience can be more like waves that oscillate between high and low tides or even change moment to moment, just like waves that meet the sand. In new grief, even moment to moment, emotion shifts can be intense. It's such a strange and unusual feeling to be so aware of that emotional energy within you. This is where folks generally reach out and call for counseling or help. Most of my clients are looking for that quick fix to the emotional pain or what is the lesson plan to move on from, that, from those intense emotions. Once this task is better understood and you begin to better understand your grief indicators, this task becomes much more manageable. Unfortunately, there is no getting around this task and this is this is more of a move through. This is not a move on. This is a move through. The third task is to adjust to the environment in which the deceased or the loss is missing. When we are talking about other life losses, I have easily framed this task as adjusting to your new life. This task is chock full of things to do. It is a very active task of adjusting. Now let's be real here. Who really wants to adjust to a life situation that you didn't choose for yourself? You didn't choose to lose a loved one, or you didn't choose to have a health condition, or you didn't choose whatever limits you are now living with now that your life has changed. You know, the, the good news in this task is that you have overcome changes in the past, you do have strengths and the ability to learn and grow. Many clients reference this as a feeling like a teenager. You have some knowledge. You are trying things on your own or differently. And your confidence is reemerging. This, this task does not happen overnight either. It takes insight and awareness to all the different aspects of your life that are now impacted due to this loss or life change. Directly after a death, there are, sp there are specific legal and business that needs, to, needs tending to. When you learn of a health challenge, there are tests and information gathering that occurs. Then the emotional pain tends to cloud your focus. It may take months to get back into any type of rhythm of life. I want to assure you that this is normal, even though you want this process to move more quickly. Take your time and pay attention to what works for you. This is truly a trial and error timeframe full of redefining roles, examining relationships, testing your limits, accepting help, in a way that is comfortable for you and learning new things. Think about a time when you were going to a new school, maybe college or even high school, or a new job, and how uncomfortable you felt not knowing where to go or feeling like you didn't fit in even if you knew some or all of the people there. Eventually, it got easier. You made it through then, and you will make it through again. 
just like that new school or new job, surviving grief is going to take some risks, discomfort, finding true friendships, and developing your confidence again. They may be completely different situations, but you can take that internal strength and you can apply it to this situation too. Additionally, this is such an abstract and existential task. This is a tough task to grasp for my concrete thinkers out there. So let's break this down. In this task, we adjust to a new relationship with what is lost as well, trying to stay connected to the loss in a meaningful way. Is that a spiritual connection for you? Is it a relationship based on memories? Is it a love only you know and you want to share it with the world? Your heart has a special spot that will always hold what was lost. It's important to define a new relationship with that loss as you continue to heal. The fourth task is to withdraw emotional energy from what was lost and invest in new relationships and interests. I know that sounds harsh, and I must tell you, this happens actually quite very naturally. This by no means means to forget your loved one or forget the life that you once lived. It's quite the contrary. You honor life and your loss as well as continue living and loving. It simply indicates that you are no longer overwhelmed with the emotional pain and busyness of adjusting that you have the energy and interest to pursue life. This is such a neat task to witness in my clients. This task makes my heart sing for you. I can see this task coming and I know you've done your grief work. I know you have reached this task when I hear, I started drawing again, or I went to see the show, or I tried something new, um, or I'm thinking about doing something. Uh, you fill in the blank for yourself because this is what you're saying out loud as, as you are in task four. Some folks will create foundations or become active for a specific cause. I've seen clients grow and blossom beautiful tributes to their lost loved ones or run races or scale buildings in honor of causes and create support networks to continue to help others. This is really quite a beautiful task. Sometimes there are struggles with this task because it is an indicator that life is continuing and life did, in fact, change. You know, something to think about, though, is your pain is not your love that you had. Your pain is not the dream that you dreamt for years. That pain is the grief. It's the loss. There are choices in the third task, the adjustment task, as to how you will acclimate to a new way of living. Some folks can only connect through that pain, and they find ways to explore life and live with that pain. For those folks, task four of reconnecting with life still occurs. Now, I want you to just think, though, after hearing about these tasks of grief, you know, the idea isn't that 
you're not going to have pains and you're not going to feel emotions about these losses. You will. It's the idea that you have a framework now for you to better understand them. I hope you've been able to see yourself in some of the information I've already shared. Warden has written books about his tasks of grief, tasks of mourning. I encourage you to do a web search regarding Warden, and you will find YouTube videos and many clinicians and hospices talking about his work. He has definitely contributed to our understanding of grief. So you've been given the theory, and I'm sure you're wondering, what does that really mean for you in your life? So let's talk about that. All too often, folks are rushing through their grief by well-meaning family, friends, or you know, neighbors, coworkers. Uh, it's important for you to have a framework for your experience to understand that this does not happen all within the three bereavement days you get off of work or within the first year of adjusting. Grief is a process. Let me say that again. Grief is a process. It is a process that you are going to be exploring over and over again. And, and really, this is a good thing. Uh, when I was growing up, I remember going to visitations with my parents. My family was very open about the life cycle of animals and critters that we had as pets. Most importantly was the storytelling. My family loves to talk about those that lived before me or continue to tell stories of the events that have made our family our family. I didn't realize how different my upbringing was until I actually started doing grief work. I am so blessed to be raised in a family where I could openly talk about my great-grandparents that I knew as a child and, and I continue that value today. It is no accident that I became a specialist in, in grief work. Well, so let's think about this. That, for, for my family, we were very open about, about our grief and, and about our loved ones. Um, but let's put it in a different framework about this process aspect. Um, the first time you rode a bike, let's just think about it. Did you just go? Um, maybe you did, <laughs> but most of us, you know, probably not, you know, most of us didn't. Uh, chances are you got going and you couldn't stop. Maybe ended up finding a, a nearby mailbox or a rose bush as a source of slowing down until you learned how to brake and manage the bike. There were bumps and scrapes along the way. Most times you got up and, and tried it again and again and eventually after a couple days or weeks it, it got easier. Um, now that's, that's riding a bike. What does that mean for you? Now let's think about your current loss. Anniversaries, birthdays, and annual events come once a year. Okay, so that's the definition of annual. So you get one time a year to try out that anticipation, the experience, and the feelings after the event. So the second year is only the second time you get to try it out. So, so on and so forth, you know, so the third year is the third time. Now, some folks are, are actually really great at insight and the ability to recognize their own patterns. So I'm going to encourage you to think about that for yourself. So for example, after a couple events, you start to notice somewhat of a pattern. So maybe anticipate, anticipation generally starts a week or so before the event. You cry in the morning or you feel nervous um, 
up to the point of going somewhere and then and then maybe you're really sad when you come home because the person you wanted to share that event with isn't there. Someone who can identify their own patterns and their past coping is working for them to will will be able to seek support as needed from all sorts of areas in their lives. Um, sometimes it's it's not that clear. That's when it's important to work with a professional that truly understands your grief for your given experience. You do not have to struggle alone, and there are phenomenal therapists out there to help you adjust and to cope. Another point to consider is that grief is exhausting. It takes energy and time, and it is by no means a sprint. It is a marathon. It takes energy that you are not used to expending. And this is a quite, it's, it's quite uncomfortable and it's unfamiliar. Uh, this can be alarming when you don't feel like yourself because of your loss, you are, you are now changed. There are parts of you that will always be you. And there are parts of you that, that is now profoundly hurting and trying to make sense of the world. It's important to be aware of your energy, rest as you can, and ask for help from those that you can rely on and seek additional support as you need. Remember, grief is very individually focused. Um, I'm going to tell you that this is not selfish and it's not excluding. What I mean by this is that you are grieving a personal relationship or experience or way of living. This is a relationship that is unique only to you and what is lost. There are no two that are the same. Experiences may be similar, but they are not the same. This can be isolating at times. It can be hurtful when someone says, I know what you're going through. You gotta love that one. Or I've been there. Remember, these folks are trying to be helpful, not hurtful. There will be quite some time when you are truly focused on you. I encourage you to take time each day to sit with your thoughts and let your thoughts stream. Be present and quiet with your thoughts. You may be amazed at what you discover. And, and this process takes a lot of courage. I understand this is a scary suggestion since we've really grown accustomed to the distractions, the demands, and then being constantly entertained. I bet if you give it a shot, you, you may just begin to connect with your core and begin to understand your hurt, your grief in order to just start to mend your heart. One last note I want to share with you is that grief is experienced more holistically than many people believe. Grief affects many aspects of our being. Grief is known to be experienced through emotions, though that is only one aspect. It also impacts our mental state, meaning your concentration, your memory, your creativity, why you just walked into a room and you can't recall why on earth you are there. Grief can be experienced physically through frequent colds or headaches, stomach aches, you know, those annoying eye twitches or overall fatigue. It can affect your spirituality. Maybe you feel the need to prove yourself or you question your worth 
or you're in conflict with your faith. Grief can also affect your relationships. You may isolate or lash out at others, or maybe you just don't know how to relate to others now. Please keep in mind, no two griefs are the same. And your experience is not up to comparison. Your pain is real. And remember, emotions can change moment to moment. It may seem that the emotions are controlling you and you can learn to take your life back. It will take time and mindfulness to heal. I can tell you, I see people feel better all the time. I'm not saying it's easy because I believe this is very hard work. Emotion and insight is very hard work. You will find your new flow. I encourage you to reach out for for therapy support if you feel you're stuck or struggling with any of the tasks of grief. I found that some folks need one session while others need many. The goal is your pain to lessen and you can begin to find moments of joy again in your life. I want you to think about your loved ones. I want you to enjoy your life again. It will not ever be the same as it was and it still can be great. This concludes today's episode of Embrace Your Center. Show notes are available at www.julieblackburnlcpc.com. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you in the next episode of Embrace Your Center. Bye-bye for now.